0: everyone you're listening to the katie lance podcast i'm your host katie lance i'm an entrepreneur social media strategist keynote speaker and author but my most important role is wife and mom to our adorable two boys i run our company katie lance consulting side by side with my husband paul and our passion is to help real estate professionals get smarter about how they use social media but in this podcast, I'm excited to share with you my stories and take you behind the scenes into how I got to where I am, how I built our successful company, how I juggle being a wife, mom, business owner, and so much more. If you're an entrepreneur, small business owner, social media geek like me, real estate professional, or a mom, or maybe all of the above, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Katie Lance podcast. In this episode, we're going to share with you a little bit behind the scenes into my first taste of marketing and entrepreneurship, a journey in college that led me to where I am today. So if you listen to the first episode, you heard my story of how I went out on my own in 2012 to start Katie Lance Consulting, and you heard a little bit about that journey from the corporate world into being an entrepreneur. But what some of you may not know is even further back, and really, how did I fall in love with marketing and entrepreneurship? So we're going to take the way back machine, and we are going to rewind time back to the 90s. I might be dating myself right now, but we're going to go back to 1995 and this is the story of one of my very first jobs in college and one of my very first jobs that was instrumental and at the risk of sounding corny, it truly was a game changer. You know, we all have these moments in our lives where it's kind of a fork in the road and I look back and think if I would have gone a different direction, would I have ended up where I am today? So back in 1995, I was a student at Cal State Long Beach uh, in Southern California. I loved attending Cal State Long Beach, and I was the kind of person who always loved marketing and business. As I shared in episode one, I was kind of that person who always knew I would somehow do something in business. I just, I come from a business family. My dad was a insurance salesman for many, many years. My grandfather was a CPA. Uh, I just come from a, a long line of, of business people, and so it was just in my blood, and I've always loved marketing, always loved business. So back uh, back in 1995, like I said, I was a student at Cal State Long Beach, and I distinctly remember p- picking up our little local newspaper um, on campus there at Cal State Long Beach. I think it was called like the Daily 49er. Uh, they were the 49ers. And I remember looking through the newspaper, and at the time I was looking for a job. Now, I was really fortunate. My parents um, had saved for college, and they were paying for my education, which was awesome. Looking back, I don't think I appreciated that as much as I do now, but they were, they had, they were, you know, so supportive and they were also sending me a little bit of spending money, but you know how it goes when you are in college. It's always nice to have a little bit of extra spending money. Plus I was kind of getting to the point where I wanted to not just get a job, but get a job that would probably give me some great experience. So I saw a little ad, a little newspaper ad in the classifieds that really caught my eye. And so I called the number, set up an interview and went in, went through the interview process and got accepted for the job. I was so excited. And the job was working for Vector Marketing selling Cutco. Now, for those of you who don't know what Cutco is, Cutco Cutlery is the number one brand of high quality kitchen cutlery yep I was going to sell knives and even as I think about it today the whole the whole thing makes me smile because uh, I think for most college kids saying saying to their parents hey mom and dad I've got this great job selling knives I, I think my parents weren't quite sure what to make of it but I was super excited. Uh, it seemed like this would be a great opportunity to get some really great business experience and hopefully make some good money as well. And so I remember going through the training, Uh, going through the, the, the training program and really loving it. Now, keep in mind, this was back in 1995. This is really before the internet, before email, certainly before social media. And Cutco is a direct selling company. So back in 1995, the primary way that you sold Cutco is you went into people's homes. It was done through referrals, So you started with people you knew, and then you would receive referrals, and you would go from there. But part of what you would have to do is get on the phone, you'd have to call people, set up appointments, go to their home, do demonstrations. And, you know, for me, looking back, it's funny, I think for some people, this was totally outside their comfort zone. But for me, I this was just right up my alley. There was never a question of, uh, you know, if I would if I would be successful with it, to be honest with you, I just thought this is great. I really love the product. Now, I have to be honest, I am not a I'm not a chef. I, I don't I didn't cook back then in 1995. And I still <laughs> don't cook. But I I was so impressed with the quality. And if you've never seen Cutco, it's it's awesome. You have to be careful because they're, they're super sharp. But I was super impressed with the quality. And and just the, the company in general, I love the people i love the whole the whole aspect of it. Um, and so I hit the ground running and I became a sales rep. And at the time, you know, I was living in Southern California, but I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. So most of my friends and family started with like their parents or, you know, started with like their, their 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 you know, people they knew, but I didn't know a whole lot of people. So I remember starting my Cutco journey with uh some sorority sisters' parents and just people I didn't know quite well, but you know, quickly I kind of found my footing and It just really became my thing. I became um, one of the top reps in the office and then the division and then the region. And I ended up working my way through college selling knives. And it was such an awesome, awesome experience. And I'm going to share in a few minutes just some of the lessons learned from the sales experience and just really what I learned from from this whole experience because really when I look back so much of what I learned back then in the 90s applies so much to how I run my business now and I know if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur or maybe just thinking about a side hustle I know some of these things will really be impactful for you so it was a great experience for me I like I said sold knives throughout college, and then uh, worked my way into management. I became an assistant manager, and then I became a branch manager, which basically meant I got the opportunity to open up my own offices. So I had three different branch offices, two in South Orange County uh, in Southern California, and one in Honolulu, which I have to say, if you are a 20-year-old and you get the opportunity to go live, work, and play in Honolulu for a summer take advantage of it. It was an awesome opportunity. Uh, that's kind of a whole other story. My my venture into Honolulu, uh, that ended up being in 1999. And I remember getting on a plane with a couple suitcases uh, and not even knowing a, a soul and finding a, finding an office space and uh, buying a, a cheap car. I think we paid $500 for this used car that I ended up driving around for the summer. It was quite the experience, but it was it was an awesome experience and, and so many great memories. I then went a I went on to become a district manager uh, in Whittier, uh, Whittier also in Southern California, and overall it was a great experience. I ended up working um, all in all with Vector Marketing about eight years, off and on through college, after college, after getting married, and it became something that really was such um, a great experience for me over the years. So I wanted to share a few lessons I've learned from that because. I look back at the experience of sitting in people's homes and doing knife demonstrations and selling high-quality cutlery and then running multiple offices and recruiting and training uh, sales representatives. So there was quite a number of lessons that I learned. So the first lesson I really learned is the huge value in building rapport with people. Building rapport. This is one of the first things that I learned as a sales rep with, with Cutco and with Vector, you know when you go into someone's house, you don't just sit down and like bust open your knives and say, "Hey, which one do you want to buy? Let me let me show you everything." You took the time to build rapport and and chit chat and you know comment on their home or or just you know spend a few minutes building rapport and that is such a simple lesson, but it is something that has carried with me in so many aspects of my business. When I hop on the phone with a potential client, I just, I don't just hop on the phone and start talking about business. We chit chat for a minute about, you know, maybe something, uh, you know, maybe the weather or, you know, or a recent trip. Um, And what's great, by the way, is now, you know, nowadays we can see ahead of time on social media, what people are doing. So before you hop on the phone or before you have a meeting, you have a sense of who that person is and, you know, what their favorite sports team is and things like that, but the value of building rapport is so important. So many salespeople just cut right to the chase. They cut right to the sale, and you can't underestimate the value of building rapport. The next lesson I learned was the value of building value, right? Building value. If you're going to sell anything, whether you are a real estate professional and you're selling a home or you are a parent and you're trying to sell something, you know, quote unquote, sell something to your to your kid, uh, to your child, maybe something that you're trying to convince them to eat. It doesn't matter what you're selling. You've got to build value. Right, and when I think about how we uh, think about sales, when it comes to things like our Get Social Smart Academy or our consulting clients or uh, or anything, you have to build value, right? And we learned a lot of that uh, working with Cutco and learning the value of of how to build value, of how to compare your product to someone else's product, and not tear down that other product, but to build value so people understand the value. So if you're a real estate professional listening to this, you know when you think about presenting the price or presenting offers to your clients. Are you building value before you get to the price, before you get to the dollar amount, right? That's something that makes a big difference. Another big lesson I learned from my experience in college with Cutco and Vector is that it's a numbers game. It truly is a numbers game. And I have to say, if you're taking notes, write this one down because it's a numbers game in so many parts of your life and so many parts of business. When I think about The success I've had in our business this is the thing that I have held on to. I remember in my, my days with Cutcoin Vector, they would always say, you know, if you make a certain number of phone calls, you're going to talk to a certain number of people, you're going to set up a certain number of appointments, and you're going to close a certain number of sales. And I remember for me at the time, if I would sit down with 10 people, I typically would close or, or get sales from at least six or seven of those people, sometimes higher, sometimes eight or nine, but typically six or seven. And so I would think about my sales goals. And my income goals, and it would all be wrapped up within numbers. If I wanted to get 10 appointments, that would mean I'd have to make at least 30 phone calls, right? And so when you think about your business in general, it's the numbers game. How many people do you have to email? How many doors do you have to knock on? How many times do you have to post to social media? How many times do you have to create videos? How many times do you have to run ads for people to notice, for you to get the results that you want? So often, People don't understand that, right? I see this happen all the time in social media. They create one video or they do two or three videos or they post a few times and then they don't do anything else and they wonder why they're not getting the results. It's because they haven't put in the consistency. It is truly a numbers game. That is what it's all about. And when you think of it that way, by the way, the no's aren't so hard to take you know, when someone says no, or they decline, you know, your offer, or they don't want to work with you, they choose somebody else, it, it can feel really personal, because, you know, business is personal. I, I you know, I, I kind of hate that phrase, oh, it's not personal, it's business. Well, I don't know about you, but my business is super personal to me. But how does the sting, how, how do you kind of take away that sting a little bit? It's by realizing it's a numbers game. Okay. Another lesson I learned is the power of one-to-one marketing. Oh boy, this is a big one. The power of one-to-one marketing. Now I learned that through Cutco because I was literally going into people's homes. Now I wasn't, I wasn't door knocking. I wasn't cold calling. I was working through referrals, but I was going into people's homes. I was making that sale one-to-one and what I learned by doing that is that there was a lot of power in that. I also learned that over the years working with Cutco as I went into management, right? The power of one-to-one, of reaching out to people one-to-one is so powerful. And I carry that with me today. So, you know, of course, when it comes to social media strategy, there's value in putting out content for the masses. But let me just say there there is nothing like reaching out to people one-to-one. When I have a new video or a new article... I always think about who are the two or three people I could reach out on Facebook Messenger and tell them about it first? Who are the one or two people I could call or or text or reach out to? That one-to-one is powerful. People want to feel like they're special. And it was valuable in 1995. And I can tell you it's even more valuable in this day and age with the amount of automation and, you know, spray and pray marketing that's happening. Don't underestimate that one-to-one. It's so powerful. A few other lessons that i that I've learned that I want to share with you here here today, uh, four more that I want to share. Hustle is a big one, and I talked about hustle in that in my last episode in episode one. Hustle gets a bad rap, but let me tell you, it goes along with it's a numbers game, right? If you want great things to happen, great things don't happen by accident it's not luck right people don't don't find success in life in in business without a little bit of hustle right? And so that doesn't mean killing yourself 80 hours a week. I don't want to be a person who works, you know, a gazillion hours a week. And if anything, that was a big lesson I learned from Cutco because at the time I was in college, I was single, I could work 70 or 80 hours a week, no problem. But as I grew older, as I got married, as I had kids, I I never wanted to get burned out like To be honest with you, I got burned out after working at Cutco for a long time because I was working so hard and I misunderstood. I misunderstood that I thought hustle was about working a gazillion hours a week. No, hustle is about working smart, not just working hard. It's about saying, these are the times I'm going to work and when I'm committed to working, I'm going all in, right? Right this is the time I'm giving to my family. And when I'm with my family, I'm all in. I'm not like, you know, kind of halfway looking at my phone while I'm also playing with my kids. So hustle is a huge, huge thing. The last three things here when it comes to lessons learned, team building, the value of building a team. And I saw this firsthand with the teams I worked with, with Vector and with Cutco. And I had the privilege and honor of building my own teams, which was amazing. It was so awesome. And then being a part of of a team bigger than myself, And I see this now, you know, with our own team. Right now we've got my husband, who's my partner in life, partner in business, but we also have a great virtual team as well. And so there's so much value in in making people feel like they're a part of something. We see that with our team. We also see that in our Get Social Smart Academy. You know, why do people join our academy? They join our academy for the training and the education but they stay because of the team. They stay because of the community. And the same is true in any business, in any organization, right? Why do people join a church? Why do they join a company? Why do they join a, a new real estate brokerage? Well, of course, in the beginning, it's about, it's about the money or it's about, you know, you know, certain things that are tangible. But I can almost guarantee that most people stay in an organization and a business because of the team, because they feel like they're a part of something. Right? And so making people feel like they're a part of something I think is so important. Last couple lessons I learned is the value of working with great people. Working with your people, right? There's people in life that just no matter what you do, they're not gonna like you. And I've just learned that's okay. There's people I know that might be listening to this that don't like me. That's okay. You're not my people. (laughs) And that's okay. I want to work with people who are my people. And I think part of that just comes from maturity some of that com- some of that just comes from you know you know I, and, and I don't mean maturity as far as age but maturity in, in life maturity in business and there's so much value in working with great people sometimes you bring people onto your team sometimes you bring people on as clients that are not a good fit and it's okay to say no it's okay to let them go every no opens up an opportunity for a yes Every no opens up an opportunity for a yes, and I'm a big believer in that. Last big lesson I want to share here is this: Do what you love. Do what you love. You know, for some people, when it comes to Cutco and Vector, they did not work a long time, right? There's some people who did not have a great experience, and and you know, and, and it's unfortunate, but it's the same thing for any company, right? And lots of companies have, you know, there's some people who who do really well, and there's some people who don't do really well, and and that's okay. But at the end of the day, are you doing what you love? One of the reasons I worked for, you know, worked with with Cutco and with Vector for for more than eight years is because I loved it. I love the products. I still love Cutco. I still have a a big ultimate set on my counter, right? We still use it. We we love the products. And and some of my bestest and dearest friends, people that you know, I, I may not talk to all the time, but they're they are the most loyal people that I know. They're the people that I met through Cutco, through Vector. And it's such a reminder to do what you love. And if you listen to my first episode, I I talk a lot about this, you know, the the value of doing what you love, of listening to that small voice inside that says, you know, what should you be doing? Because at the end of the day, we're not guaranteed any more time on this earth. And, And not to be morbid, but we spend half of our life working. So shouldn't you be doing really what you love each and every day? And if you're not, is there an opportunity to work on it on the side? You know, maybe you've got a nine to five where it's paying the bills because you've got responsibilities and you don't have the luxury to really be doing what you love. Then take that extra time that you get up an hour earlier, stay up an hour later and work on, work on what you really want to do, what you're really passionate about. And think about how you can make it happen because life is too short to not be doing what you love. All right. My next episode talks a lot about love. And this is, some of you have heard this story before, but I get asked all the time of how Paul and I met, how, how did that happen? And I'll give you a hint. We met online back in 2001 and back in 2001, not a whole lot of people were meeting online. That's our next episode. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I sure appreciate it and as always, let's connect, uh, let's connect offline, let's connect uh, online. would love to hear what you think about this episode. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this podcast, I'd love if you subscribe and leave me a review. Also, make sure you visit me over at katielance.com where you can sign up for our free email newsletter find out about upcoming events I'm speaking at and check out what our Get Social Smart Academy is all about. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.